Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Wagner Show, international warring author, me and most since missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We're here with two terrific gentlemen from the Michigan area, and uh, they're involved in a futuristic project, which basically involves a little genie, and it's not the type of genie you want to talk about. We have one gentleman who's a writer, director, born in Pennsylvania, later moved to Detroit, began his career at an early age, uh, creating his own Star Wars pop-up book. And of course, I think you'll find it on Amazon. He later created his own books, magazines, comics, and um, everything else. He later worked in Hollywood, uh, illustrating storyboards and concept art, worked for George Lucas and Star Wars. We also have a gentleman who's um, a filmmaker, actor from Michigan. He's also part of this Aladdin project as well, too. So great stories to share as well, too. Live, ladies and gentlemen, from the Plus Studios, somewhere in Michigan. We're um, both connecting as well, too. Writer, director um, of Aladdin 3477, also filmmaker, actor from Michigan, also part of Aladdin 3477. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Matt Bush and Eric Steele. Guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today. Evening. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us on. Well, it's great to have you on board. So, um, so Matt, first of all, let's get to you here. You're a writer, director. You're born in Pennsylvania, later moved to Detroit. You began creating and uh, your own Star Wars uh, pop up book at an early age. You later did some um, your own books, magazines, illustrations. You did some uh, artwork in Hollywood, especially for George Lucas for Star Wars. And of course, if anybody has not seen a Star Wars poster, that's drawn by by Matt himself. You can thank him for that. And also, um, Eric, uh, you're also a filmmaker, actor from Michigan, part of Aladdin uh, 3477. And uh, before getting to all that, first of all, Matt, tell us how you first got started. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was just a kid with a dream, and um, I was always uh, writing and drawing my own comic books as a kid. Uh, when I uh, went to college, I went to college here in Michigan, but then I moved out to Los Angeles, went out to school there. And that's where I got my start. I got my start working in films, uh, creating concept art and doing storyboards. Simultaneously, I was working in publishing. So I was working with cool properties like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Lord of the Rings. And it was an interesting time because when I got started to work in this business, you really had to live in Los Angeles. But over time, that was kind of when the digital revolution happened. So at first, I always had to meet with the director and I would go on set and everything. And then during that 10 years, uh, I didn't have to go on set anymore. I would just get emailed the script and I would say, hey, do you want me to come and drop these off? I'd love to see what you guys are doing. They'd say, no, just email it back in. So it got to a point where I was like, man, if I could do what I'm doing now, but live in the metro Detroit area where cost of living is a lot lower man, I could build my own empire and I could really, I just, I think this is the pathway for me, the way things are going. This is the way to do it. And, uh, and my career like actually got bigger than ever when I moved, uh, when I moved back home, it was just, uh, it's, it, it's been awesome. It's been uh, an incredible journey. I still have business. I still, you know, go out to LA every now and then, but um, uh, it's just been, uh, it's been an incredible journey. Mm -hmm. And was it one precise moment that simply influenced you into what you're doing for the rest of your career? Uh, there is a funny story where when I was a kid, uh, 
the the Star Wars pop up book came out, and it was uh, it was so I really loved Star Wars, and I really loved pop up books. But my I ran home. I was like, Mom, you have to order this for me. And she wouldn't because she ordered other books that I never read. And so, you know, she wasn't going to get me this one. So I was so upset. I, I marched up to my room. And instead of, you know, crying about it or holding my breath or anything like that, I pulled out the construction paper and the paste and the scissors. And I made my own Star Wars pop-up book. Oh, wow. So what was great is on the day that they were delivered, I didn't think I was going to get one. And I was so upset. We used to have the desks that you'd lift up, you know, and you'd have all your supplies in there. Well, I brought my own Star Wars pop-up book. And so I had my desk open and I I was looking through my own because I could hear the kids as the teachers passing out the books. I could hear all the other kids like, oh, Star Wars pop-up book. And I was so (laughs) jealous that I was I was losing myself looking at my own. And then I realized the teacher was calling my name and she's like, Matt Bush, get your buns up here. That's back when teachers could say something like that. So and I, I go wish up they there. still did these days. <laughs> well, I thought I was in trouble. And she's like, you know, I've been calling you. Get up here. So she hands me a Star Wars pop-up book, the real thing. And I said, there must be a mistake. She's like, no, your mom ordered this. Here's your book. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was so cool because in a weird way, at such a young age, I learned that anything that you believe you can, it was like it manifested itself. I like put every fabric in of my being into creating this. And I ended up getting the, my mom was so impressed with the one that I had created that she ordered it for me, but didn't tell me. So uh, it was just such a great early on to learn that, that like, you know, if you believe you can achieve kind of thing. And so uh I think that was the uh, I think that was the spark that, uh, the, you know, there was no turning back from there. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, you also worked with uh, George Lucas. You also worked, um, you, you know, on a, on a number of projects as well, too. Who are some of your favorite um, actors and um, also um, directors, producers and, um, you know, filmmakers, everything like that, especially your favorite Gosh. films? Who are some of your favorites growing up? Well, my favorite director is probably Steven Spielberg. I think he's just got such a wonderful um, storytelling style. I think the way that I like to tell stories is a very, not only the kind of stories that I like to tell, but the way that Steven Spielberg, uh, uh, he's got an efficient way of making his films where he doesn't have a lot of, uh, he doesn't get a lot of coverage. He shoots only what he needs. He has everything planned out ahead of time. And so he's very efficient with the way he makes his films. So I'm really inspired by that. My favorite actor is Eric Steele uh, because I worked with him and he plays Aladdin. And boy, did I. I, I, I'm sorry. You're talking about that guy up there, or are we talking about somebody else or Doppelganger? Uh, honestly, Eric is a dream to work with and uh, he's so creative. And because he's also a filmmaker, he understands everything that goes behind the scenes of making films. So it was just a a dream to work with him. He didn't have any ego going into this. And um, to have that kind of person as your lead, who you're working with the most, uh, you know, we spent five years just filming because we actually filmed three movies and the first film is coming out this year. But it was five years of filming and never not that we had drama with other actors, but never any drama. He was just a pro the whole way through. And he's such a great friend anyway. But uh, uh, I got to say, my favorite actor, Eric Steele, I'm doubling down. 
<laughs> well, well, speaking of Eric Steele, we got him as uh, not just an actor, but also a filmmaker from Michigan as well, too. And uh, Eric, tell us how you first got started. Uh, so as a young, young child, I was uh, fascinated with just cameras in general. And our family had this old camera that you had to hook up to a VCR and record to the old school tapes. I remember uh, that. And, yes. And I got in trouble with making some of my own little skits with my brother and sister at a very young age where uh, the, the family took the camera away. I wasn't responsible enough to use it because, you know, this was pre the era of, of jackass, if you don't mind my speaking. Uh, and I was pretty much on that path with the family camera. So they took it away. You and, have to tell uh, them why. What, why did they take it away? It was very innocent. It was just uh, uh, me as a like nine year old mooning the camera. <laughs> and showing it to the family and they're like okay your camera privileges are revoked <laughs> flash forward till like middle school and now uh new technology comes out and now they're on little little dv tapes i'm thinking this is magical and great and um i learned i taught myself how to do stop motion animation i, I loved gumby waltz and gromit and so just like matt i made my own um empire strikes back out of clay characters where my friends were the claymation characters of, of Han Solo, uh, Boba Fett and, and, and Lando. And um, it was a condensed version of the Empire Strikes Back in 15 minutes, but it took me the entire winter break to film this. And uh, some, I don't know how it actually got to the school, but they ended up showing it at the mil uh, middle school over like all the TVs on like the last day. Oh my gosh. And, and so it's like the, the biggest viewing I've ever had in my entire life in middle school, people are watching the thing that I spent so much time working on that it, I think that just hit this wave over me of like, oh wow, like, you know, and some people loved it, some people hated it. But like when I went into high school, a few people remembered me as the guy who made Star Wars out of little clay characters. and it just spiraled from there to continuously making my own things, teaching myself different techniques until I finally got my big break uh, working on the feature films here in Michigan uh, when the film incentives were around. And I was lucky enough to get on uh, a couple of feature films here, which then went to TV shows, which then went to commercials. And so basically I'm, I'm jumping around on whatever job I can get experience on. And I've been doing that for the last, 14 years now, I think. Wow, 14. Okay. Now, you talk, you talk about the film incentives uh, in Michigan as well, too. They're talking about film incentives, you know, like um, California, New York, and of course, you know, Georgia's been the big thing, and uh, Texas for a little bit, too. And, um, you know, what were some of the incentives that you had in Michigan that basically just stood out or compared to um, all the other states? What was, like, the real incentives for people to come out to Michigan? It was, it was the percentage of how much you spent and how much you'd get a, a tax write-off from it. I don't remember the exact number anymore. It's, it's been oof, over like seven years now, but oh, wow. um, it was, it was, it was a hefty, I want to say 20 something percent, but don't quote me on that. But there was a certain amount of money you'd get a tax write-off for if you shot in Michigan. The only issue that we ran into was a lot of, comp you know, a lot of productions they would bring in their main crew. So a lot of the films only got, um, you know, to pr production assistant or uh, media management or, or a few other uh, like background extras or secondary uh, cast. So 
we kind of got the bottom of the barrel of that deal, but it was, it they didn't let it truly build up and like create a foundation. So when they cut it so shortly, it, it didn't, it did enough. It did enough for me and I, I'm grateful for it, but I wish it would have stuck around a much longer. Mm -hmm. You also worked with some filmmakers as well too, be involved in the Michigan film industry. Who are some of your favorite um, filmmakers, actors, and of course, you know, movies and everything like that growing up. Oh, growing up. Yes. Um, uh, I mean, I was, I was really mesmerized by uh, the matrix films by the Wachowskis. And that was, um, that was just kind of like a game changer, just realizing that, you know, they just invented this whole new effect and it just, you know, got my brain thinking of like, well, what can I do? What? And I still haven't figured it out yet of, the, of my breakout thing that I'm going to bring to the table. But, um, you know, hopefully I'll keep working on finding my style and, you know, fine tuning it or maybe never fine tuning it, but, you know, always working towards trying to get it that way. Mm -hmm. And certainly Adidas as well, too. And of course, you guys coming together with uh, Aladdin 3477. We'll talk about that. But first, you listen to the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com, powered by SoundCloud Studios. Visit online at soundquabstudios.com for all your needs. Look at a professional website without breaking your budget. Web Studios is the answer. Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition away. Call today, 1-800-303-3960. That's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at soundquabstudios.com. Mention the Mike Widener Show. Get 20% off your first project. Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Widener Show, Internet actual warring author Mia Molson Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you love Missing by Mia Molson Zia, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love will be the first to go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Molson Zia has gotten great reviews. In Eve 11 is yours by Howard's celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Minnows. So grab your copy today for Ghost Missing by Mia Molson Zia. Available on Amazon. Also, check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com and over 40 podcast platforms. Heard in 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also on Anchor FM, Apple Music. Also and heard on Podbean, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and TuneIn. Also, um, you can subscribe on YouTube, BitChute, and Rumble. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and LinkedIn. Make sure you take us with you on any mobile device. And don't forget to subscribe. Also, for some great gift ideas, check out Amazon.com and check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And for more great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com slash me and Molson Zia for great books like Missing, Once and Wrinkles, also T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash me and Molson Zia. Check it out today. I'll support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the themikewidenershow.com. Make sure you do so today. We're here with two terrific gentlemen for the Aladdin 3477 Project on Mike Widener's show. Filmmakers Eric Steele and... Matt Bush as well, too, out of Michigan. And um, before we talk about the project, um, Matt, you also worked on Con Air, The Matrix as well, too. And, um, you know, kind of go back to the beings a bit and uh, tell us a bit about that. And if you have some other um, big name uh, project you worked on, and just tell us a bit about that. Gosh. Um, so, yeah, in the 90s, I had uh, I basically said yes to every job that I could work on because I didn't want to be the starving artist. You know, the, the uh, statistic that everyone always hears about when they go to art school mm -hmm. or they tell their family they're going to go to art school. My family was very supportive by the way, but um, 
so I got to work on films like Con Air and The Matrix, but I also worked on so many uh, television commercials and storyboarded like Kibbles and Bits and and all of that. Uh, the Matrix was one of the films, probably one of the biggest films that I worked on behind the scenes doing storyboards and concept art. What was interesting about that, though, is that at the time, I didn't know that was going to be, I didn't think it was going to be a good movie at all. I thought it was going to be awful um, <laughs> because I had read the script. And you have to understand when you haven't seen the film and you haven't seen how cool the special effects are and you like, you're not really following the pacing of the story. When you read the script alone, I just thought it, I thought it was the silliest thing I had ever read. And I think I was also jaded because my agent at the time, when he put me on the project, my agent said, this is going to be the next Star Wars for the next generation. And I was like, no way. So they said, okay, well, you're going to read the script over the weekend. You start next week. So I read the script and five pages in, I was like, where's the cute, lovable robots? Where's the, <laughs> you know, where's the maniacal villain that breathes <laughs> funny? And, and it was just, it, it was just so silly. I didn't get it. And what was interesting is at the time, Tom Cruise was attached to Star. And even though I didn't think the story was good, Tom Cruise always brings his A game. So I was like, well, at least there's that, you know? So anyway, so uh, I had worked on it for about two weeks and then the project got canceled because Tom Cruise left to go uh, film a movie called Eyes Wide Shut with Stanley Kubrick. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, well, thank goodness, because like, you know, I you know, like this movie is, you know, would have been awful anyway. So a few months later, my agent called back and said, hey, the Matrix is back on. But now they've got Keanu Reeves. And at the time, Keanu Reeves was he was still kind of, you know, the Bill and Ted's just kind of the whoa, dude. You know, he wasn't. Yeah, really, whoa, um, dude. I remember that. Yeah, he wasn't mm -hmm. really the powerhouse that he is now. So um, and there was another movie that came out called Johnny Mnemonic, which was a sci fi movie that he was in. And that it didn't do very well. And I saw that I didn't think it was good. So I was like, man, now this movie's really going to be bad. Like, no, oh, my gosh, it's going to be awful. So I said, can you give me a day to think about it? Because it was going to be nine months worth of work. And I didn't know that I wanted to be stuck working on at this point. <laughs> Star Wars is getting big and I had all these other opportunities. So I said, give me a day to think about it. So that afternoon, another agent called and said, listen, we've got a movie we want you to work on. It's called The Devil's Own. And I said, oh, interesting. Tell me more about it. And they said, well, it stars Harrison Ford and Brad Pitt. So I was like, say no more. That sounds amazing. I'm in. So a uh, true story. I actually left The Matrix to work on this awful movie called The Devil's Own, <laughs> even though it has Harrison Ford and Brad Pitt. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's terrible. And I don't know if you've seen a movie called The Matrix. It's amazing. It um, is. Yes. You know, one in two and parts of three, The Devil's Own. I, I'm glad you remind me not to watch it. Maybe if it's on those 2B TV, free TV, whatever it is, you know, thanks for the reminder on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it was a great it was a great uh, learning experience for me, though, because it really taught me um Whenever you're working on something, especially if it's something you're going to put your name on, um, you know, whatever you're getting hired for, whether you're getting hired to illustrate a television, a television commercial for toilet paper or something you're not excited about, that's your job as a creative. Try to find the beauty in it. And I remember when for the short time that I was working on The Matrix, I remember all the other artists that I was working with, they were all excited about it. And I was like, 
you guys read the script, right? And they were like, yeah, it's cool, right? And I was like, man, what did you guys read? Because I thought it was, <laughs> I just thought it was ridiculous. But the, the problem was I was I was reading it like this. I was so upset that it, it didn't have robots and it didn't have a maniacal villain that breathed funny in it or anything. <laughs> so I just, um, I just, I didn't want to like it. And I think anytime you go into a project, if it isn't cool, that's your job. What can you do to make it cool? What can you do to turn that ship around? So it was a really, it was a good learning experience for me. Mm -hmm. and, and certainly it was. And Eric, didn't you wish you worked on The Matrix or something similar? I, I wish I could have. I, I think, uh, you know, I had like, I had The Matrix in every format that was available at the time. At, you know, like the, I think, I don't know if it was VHS, but I did have like the DVD and like, you know, all that kind of jazz. And I was obsessed with it for a while. Um, yeah, I <laughs> wish I could have. Mm -hmm. and, and then, of course, you guys uh, came in a, in, in, a, in a very interesting way with Aladdin 3477. And uh, how'd you guys first meet? Um, so if, actually, really interesting thing about that was uh, Matt was my instructor at my first year, first years of college. And um, I was amazed at the fact that not only was, you know, taking an illustration class, a storyboarding class, but he was working on on movies back then, and like I think it was it was Conjure, and I just remember hearing about like this teacher is making these films, and I just I wanted to know like what it is that he's doing, and I'm, I'm learning about the process that, from through him, and uh, I think we went to a it wasn't a screening, but um, he used to throw these parties uh, in downtown Mount Clemens, and I'd go to them, and he had like this larger than life personality of just you know every, he was just like a rock star so i of course i flocked to him and just wanted to see what was up anytime he had like an event and uh sh shortly became friends and uh he asked me to be a part of aladdin and i i truly thought he wanted me behind the scenes like helping out and when he asked me to be aladdin i was kind of just taken aback like you want me to act like oh okay and because i love all aspects of filmmaking process i was like that could be amazing so i just jumped at the chance hmm. that's rather interesting as well too and uh how'd you guys first come up with the concept of aladdin 3477 what was the whole genesis behind it oh that's matt so um you know i had back when i was in college i wanted to i was very inspired by george lucas and how he created star wars and all the uh the trials and tribulations he went through to make that, especially that first film. And so I wanted to make my own sci-fi saga. And so I wrote my own story and uh, I realized I started uh, illustrating it as a comic book. And it was something when I lived in Hollywood that I wanted to pitch and I wanted it to be the next big thing. But I realized shortly into it that my story that I was coming up with was very similar to Aladdin. Mm, yeah, there or like Arabian Nights and all that, or yeah. or some people still say the Aladdin version, like uh, of Disney and such. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it 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 kind of had a con artist, and instead of um, uh, a monkey sidekick, it had a robot that kind of floated by the mm -hmm. the con artist's shoulder, and there was a princess, but there wasn't a, a genie and there wasn't a lamp or anything like that. But I don't know if other people would have seen it, but I knew in my mind it just it was so much like Aladdin. Over the years, I realized that Aladdin is public domain, so anyone can make an Aladdin movie. Hmm. So um, it, it wasn't an overnight thing, like, that's what I'll do. But the more I thought about it, the more it became interesting. Man, what if I did 
combine my story with the Aladdin tale, it would be Aladdin, but set 1,500 years in the future. And uh, so I just needed to have everything in place. And one of the things what, that I needed was I needed the perfect Aladdin. And so when I first started teaching, uh, I was a young buck myself, but Eric was one of my first students and he was making his own film projects. And I just, there was something about Eric where he was electric behind the camera with the fun projects he was making, but also his acting. There was something about him that uh, he just lit up the screen and I kind of lost touch with him for a number of years. I actually saw him years later doing uh, stand-up comedy. There was like an open mic night thing and I, I ran into Eric and he was so good. He was so funny, but he had these <laughs> sensibilities, not just for stand-up comedy, but I could tell he had such kind of like a physical presence and he had this kind of boyish charm that I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to work. He's just like, he's like a star waiting to happen. He's so, he's so good. And, um, and, uh, and we just kind of hit it off. We kind of became friends and I wasn't ready to kind of, uh, to do that project just yet, but I kind of, I knew as soon as I was ready to pull the trigger, um, I knew it was going to be Eric. Hmm. That is rather interesting. And of course, uh, how do you feel about the Aladdin 3477? Some of your thoughts, Eric. How, how did I hear about it? Yes. Well, I mean, it, I heard it directly from Matt. Uh, and, you know, that's when the audition process happened. And, you know, we went through, uh, you know, I read the read through the entire script, um, you know, talked about it uh, with my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And, you know, we rehearse lines and we you know, go through the whole thing. And, you know, there's some parts that I was like really excited to um, to take on. And there were some parts that I was like, oh, this is going to be a rough day. <laughs> 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 and, and I was right um, with, with certain slime being involved or, you know, having to hang from something. And um, yeah, it, it, was, it was all in my mind. And, and basically, once I got to set. Um, Matt had storyboarded out every single frame that was going to be shot. So it was so easy to see what the day was going to be like, because, you know, I also love comic books and in college, me and my buddy created a comic book club, but here I am like reading through the script and then looking at the pages and then instantly uh, kind of the opposite of what Matt was saying about matrix where I, I could see exactly what Matt's vision was. So it made it easy to basically just, replicate that on on screen as best i could mm -hmm. and and of course well the whole latin story as well too that uh, you don't have a genie a monkey or anything like that or you know having robots and everything what what are some of the uh you know slight differences uh in aladdin 3477 that you know people people see you know compared to the uh traditional latin story even when it was written like god what 20s 30s and 40s or something right uh, well the big thing is there, there's no genie because in matt's world genie is a very derogatory term uh the proper word is jinn the jinn of wisdom so there is oh jinn of wisdom okay a, got yes. it all right um but yeah also it's it's an ensemble cast so uh yes you do have aladdin but then you have aladdin's kind of entourage of uh, of other characters who will be in the in the film as well so each of them also have their own adventures that all come together so that's kind of unique too. It's not a one man show for sure.
Mm -hmm. And that's certainly interesting as well, too. And a bit more about Latin 34, 3477 with uh, Matt Bush and Eric Steele. We'll get to that in just one minute. You listen to The Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com, powered by SoundCloud Studios, and brought to you by official sponsor, The Mike Widener Show, international warring author Mia Molson's The Missing. We'll be back with Matt Bush and Eric Steele of Latin 3477 after this time. We're back with the amazing duo of uh, writer-director Matt Bush and uh, filmmaker and actor Eric Steele, both of Michigan, with Eleven Thirty Four Seventy Seven on the Mike Wagner Show. And um, you guys started this project a while back. You guys had a GoFundMe, so y- you know, is there, you know, how can people help with the campaign and uh, give us an update on where Eleven Thirty Four Seventy Seven stands? And um, you know, once the project is finished, let us know um, when that's going to end and where can we uh, watch it. Awesome. So we uh, it, it's t- it's TBD uh, on when and where you'll be able to see it because uh, we haven't locked in a distributor yet, but we had a Kickstarter that was successfully funded uh, over six times over the amount that we were uh, that we were asking for, and uh, uh, it's just been awesome. There's really cool swag boxes that uh, people are going to get, including books and toys and the Blu-ray. And there's actually a backer kit that is going to open uh, in just a couple days where anyone will be able to go in and get a lot of these cool items, uh, stickers, T-shirts, all kinds of fun things. And uh, uh, it's real exciting. This is the year. I know it's 2023, but this is the year of 3477. <laughs> you got about a thousand years remaining so you guys all do the math and um and, and then how can people help where can people donate and where can we get uh, more information what's the website uh you can go to aladdin3477.com uh to get more information also you can go to uh backer kit and look up aladdin3477 or you can go to kickstarter uh, which has all the links and look up Aladdin 3477 there. Uh, really, you can just Google it. You'll find us on YouTube. You'll find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter. We are, uh, we're everywhere uh, moving forward. We will certainly check that out. Once again, we're with uh, Eric Steele and Matt Bush of 113477 here on the Mike Wagner Show. Just a few more minutes, guys. What can we expect from both of you in 2023 and beyond? Ooh, I, I believe I might have one or two feature films that I'm going to be working uh, on uh, as crew this time. This time I'll be behind the camera. Um, uh, I don't have the exact names of those films, and a lot of times the names change once they're done. Uh, but also uh, just freelance work out of my studio based out of uh, downtown Utica. Okay, and then how about you, Matt? What can you expect from you in 2023 and beyond? Uh, I do have a couple Star Wars projects on the horizon. Again, things I can't I can't say what it is until until it's been announced. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I can't say what it is, but um, uh, definitely Aladdin thirty four seventy seven. Uh, the film uh, in two months uh, or maybe a mo- uh, about a month and a half. The official collector's edition souvenir book comes out. Uh, uh, the toys come out this fall. Uh, the Fiji designer toys, the hardcover art book comes out uh, towards the end of the year, as well as the Blu-ray. Um, and uh, hopefully there will be a film festival run. And uh, it's all it's all very exciting. This is the uh, this is the year for Aladdin in the future. 
Mm-hmm. And make sure you save up your money, kids, so the parents can buy you somewhere, can buy yourself. So make sure you save up, guys. So like, Christmas is like months away. So <laughs> save all that. And who do you consider biggest influences in your careers? Ooh. I, I will say Matt, absolutely 100%, because I didn't know you could just start making your own movies, and that really inspired me to uh, to to doing to do what I'm doing. And of course, him have giving, uh, you know, him teaching the storyboarding classes has helped me immensely through my career. Okay, and Matt, how about you? You know, I think a big influence that people will see when they see the Aladdin films is these Aladdin films are a lot grittier. They're a lot more. Uh, I mean, they're they're relatively family friendly, but um, Sam Raimi is a really big influence, and one of the reasons why is because is because in the Evil Dead trilogy, uh, Sam Raimi is also from Michigan, by the way, but he puts the the main character Ash through so much where he is just dragged through the mud and covered in slime, and just everything is always so crazy. And these these Aladdin films that there there's no singing, there's no uh, dancing per se, but they are high octane action. And we put Eric through so much uh, where he's covered in slime. He's dragged through the mud. He does all his own stunts. Some of the things that he does are unbelievable. And that was also another reason why I was so excited to work with him. Cause I knew anything we asked Eric, if he would do, I knew he wasn't going to say no. So anytime you see him get slapped across the face, it's not like <laughs> forced perspective. He is really getting whacked. Uh, uh, he was in it to win it. And uh, uh, if you're into a uh, high action, just uh, just a roller coaster uh, of a trilogy of movies. Um, uh, that's what these are. So Sam Raimi, I think, is is kind of uh, an unspoken influence. I think people will pick up on. And I remember Sam Raimi, too, a Spider-Man as well, too. Terrific director, I say that. And what's yep. the best advice you guys can give anybody at this point? Ooh, I guess I would say, that no matter, if you want to make something, just the best way to learn is to start trying to do it. And then you'll figure out where your weak points are. And that's when you should ask for help or, you know, you know, get other people involved because a big thing about filmmaking is it is not a solo sport. It is a, a group effort for sure. Mm -hmm. And then Matt, how about you? What's the best advice you can give to anybody at this? Mine point? is very simple. And that is don't quit. There's only one difference between people that are doing what they want to do. And then people who had a dream, but ended up kind of doing something else. And that is those people quit. If you uh, it's it's never an overnight thing, but if you stay with it, if you put all your eggs into the basket that you want, eventually, whether through the butterfly effect or through skill and talent and just, uh, you know, sheer determination sooner or later, it's got to work out. But as soon as you quit, that's when for sure things are not going to uh, go your way. So uh, uh, keep at it, stay persistent and uh, and don't give up. Mm -hmm. I think those are very good points indeed as well. We're here with uh, Eric Foot, Eric Steele, and Matt Bush of Latin 3477 here on the Mike Wagner Show. Guys, a very big thank you for your time. You've been both terrific. Learned a lot. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love to have you both back. And once again, what's the website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your works? For me, it is uh, th3studio.com. 
And for Aladdin, of course, it's Aladdin3477.com. And Matt? Uh, uh, MattBush.com, M-A-T-T-B-U-S-C-H.com has uh, everything that, uh, that I've got cooking. All right, sounds good. We'll check them both out. Once again, guys, a very big thank you for your time. You've been both fantastic. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Live after back. Wish you all the best. And guys, you definitely have a great future ahead of you. Awesome. Thank you, thank you Mike.